Osaka has completed yet another outstanding match at the 2020 US Open, but she was really keeping us on our toes going into the third set. Well, Shravya, if I wanted to stay on my toes, I would have signed up for ballet classes and quit my gig as a tennis podcaster. <laughs> well, Osaka was leading in the second, but then lost that set in a tiebreak to the teenager from Ukraine. Exactly. Osaka even threw down her racket in frustration. Which leads us to our daily reminder hold on to your racket! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for tweens, teens, and other young tennis fans. We're your hosts, Josefina and Shravya. Shravya and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Josefina and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics, united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the young female voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for. So we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. Hello everyone, today is September 5th and we're so glad you're joining us for this episode of Hold On To Your Racket. Today we're going to recap some third round action and look ahead to the round of 16. It's kind of crazy that we're already through with the first week of the US Open aside from the Kennan and team third round matches that are still um, going on as we record, but that also means that we certainly have some interesting headlines to share with you. The first one being that a record number of American women made it into the third round of the U.S. Open this year. There were 11 American women who made it through to their third round matches, and that's the most at the U.S. Open since 1989 and the most at any Grand Slam since 1994 Wimbledon. I'm going to be completely honest here. I honestly thought the stat said record number of women have made it into the third round. And that doesn't really make sense. So now I'm clear on that. I'm glad you're clear on that. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Um, So three of those women have definitely made it into the round of 16. Those women are Jennifer Brady, Shelby Rogers, and Serena Williams. However, Sophia Kennan is currently playing Angebor, so we're not really clear on that. Yeah, if she makes it through, she'll be the fourth American woman into the round of 16, which will certainly certainly be great, especially for the American Grand Slam. Now, uh, last time we talked to you guys about the Benoit Pair 11, and we have some similar news, I guess, but something that really confused the tennis world and people watching the U.S. Open yesterday was that Adrian Manorino was, was going to play Alexander Zverev, but their match was delayed two and a half hours and no one really knew what was happening and apparently it was surrounding Manorino's status of being in the pair 11 and coming into contact with Benoit Pair. and Zverev was apparently told by the tournament that there was a very little chance that they'd actually be able to play their match. So what happened was that at the end Manorino said that the New York State No, New York City health officials permitted him to play, but the state officials overturned this and said he can't play. But actually, he did end up being allowed to play. Um, Actually, fellow player Novak Djokovic, current number one, was trying to talk to the ATP and USTA, and he was trying to reach out to the New York (laughs) State governor, Andrew Cuomo, to make sure Manorino would be allowed to play, and 
I'm sure Djokovic would love to think that he had something to do with Manorito <laughs> being allowed to play, but I'm pretty sure it had nothing to do with him, and I just don't understand <laughs> why he butted into this. I really thought this was funny. Djokovic talked about this in his post-match press conference about he was trying to coordinate this thing with the state government, and I, I just thought it was hilarious that a pro tennis player would think that they could get a hold of the governor or the governor's office on the phone, but regardless... Um, and certainly this probably added fuel to the fire of the whole PTPA frustration that these players are having with lack of transparency from the ATP, etc. But ultimately, yeah. after discussions between the tournament and the state, Manorino was allowed to play. And Zverev was actually not um, required to agree with this delay in the match. He had complete right to ask for a forfeit from Manorino and move on to the fourth round. However, he agreed to wait, and I thought that was uh, really great sportsmanship from Alexander Zverev. Yeah, me too. He really came through with this because in the end, it was his complete decision to play or not to play, and he decided to play, which I thought was really cool of him. And he ended up winning, actually, 6-7-6-4-6-2-6-2, and he's going to face Alejandro Davidovich, <laughs> Davidovich, Bokina in the round 16. Clearly, you can tell by our mispronunciation of his name that he is not someone who we have seen through to his second week of a slam ever before. Um, but I guess exciting for um, Fokina. Anyways, there is another part to this whole Benoit Pair 11 coronavirus French players USTA saga. I don't even know More what to call it. More juicy details. <laughs> so, Christina Mladenovic. Mladenovic has made it clear that she's not really happy with the whole bubble within the bubble situation and the strict guidelines. She's referred to it as a nightmare, and she said that we're, like, quote, prisoners. Um, well, um, in contrast to that, <laughs> I don't know about you, Shravia, but being in the bubble as a tennis fan right now sounds like a dream because you don't have to deal with any other fans trying to grab attentions from your favorite players, and you just get to walk around freely next to the best tennis players in the world exactly if these protocols were in place the tournament wouldn't be able to continue and josephina i know you saw something from andy roddick um who discussed this and he had a, a pretty good statement yeah he said prisoners and criminals don't get a chance to play sport and also second rounds for six figures in prize money safety protocols are the only reason there's the chance for players and fans to enjoy the open Unfortunately, the perspective is seriously lacking with this take. And I completely agree with Andy Roddick because I think right now, especially considering tennis is one of the only sports that they've been allowed to reopen, I think th um, it's being taken for granted. That's a, that's a good point. And I, obviously with Blodenovich's early frustrations, that totally makes sense. However, there was a kind of twist in this story. This situation is kind of different. So... Nassau County Public Health Guidelines said that Mladenovic, since she was in prolonged contact with someone who tested positive, i.e. Benoit Pair, they made her withdraw from the doubles tournament. So this is what is confusing. Why was Manorino allowed to play but not Mladenovic? Yeah, I, I also don't understand that. There, like I said before, which is one of the reasons that the PTPA was actually formed, is that there should be consistency in the protocols, especially looking back to the Paya and Delian issue, um, where they were not allowed to play in the Cincinnati Open, but then players like the Benoit pair were allowed to play now. 
I think the players are just looking for consistency. And to your point about the PTPA, I actually think that this situation from Ladenovic might honestly propel her to join the PTPA because Djokovic has uh, vocally said that this whole issue with the pair 11 and maybe some of the lack of proper communication, the fact that he went in and helped out Manorino and tried to make sure he was able to play is, um, again, their whole their whole issue with the ATP and, and the tennis sort of uh, tournament administration with the lack of transparency with their players. Yeah, and also more news on the PTPA since that seems to be one of the main headlines these days in tennis news, I guess, is that Djokovic said in a past press conference that he's actually spoken to Serena Williams and Sloane St- Stevens in the past few days about joining the PTPA. So actually it was recently re- released that women would be allowed to join and I think getting the most powerful people in is what really is going to propel the concept and yeah just get it going because obviously this is really new. An interesting situation I know Sloane Stevens actually was talking to Vashek Pospisil who's also one of the co-founders and co-presidents of the PTPA about working on a similar initiative with this sort of players association type of thing to fight for um, equal pay for female tennis players. So it's interesting to see how that unfolds. But I guess overall, with this whole mladenovic Minarino issue, it's not necessarily the strict protocols aren't the problem. I think we've always stressed that, you know, it's super awesome to see that New York's being able to pull this off with those, and those protocols are necessary in order to do so. But but the real issue here is the lack of transparency. Okay, so since fans can't be there at the US Open, you've probably been spending a lot of time on social media and stuff tracking all the US Open progress. And one thing that Josefina and I have been noticing on social media is there's been a lot of cool snippets of press conferences or post-match interviews that players have given um, to reporters that are really interesting and really funny to take a look at. So what we've done is we've both picked out two quotes from a player's or uh, multiple players' press conferences or post-match interviews, and we're going to read them aloud to each other and see if the other person can guess who said that quote. So, Josefina, do you want to go first? Sure. My My first quote is, you know, these things are new to me, later stages of a Grand Slam. Ooh, that's really, that's hard, because I feel like there's so many young players that it really could be any of them. Um, I'm going to guess Felix auger Yeah, that's it. That's the right one. He said this after his Andy Murray match, because I know, also, even after that, he's into the round of 16, and he's just playing super. That's good. All right. Um, <laughs> I feel like this has kind of been a running joke on this podcast, but I think you'll be able to get this one, but I found it funny. Okay, quote, I didn't know the camera was on me that much as well. I only realized afterwards that I was shirtless on TV. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Zverev. <laughs> Correct. Are we really surprised? <laughs> no, this is something we've been, like, just seeing every episode. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to move on to mine. The quote is, I forgot she was coming out, but I hope she saw her mama fight. Serena! Yeah, that's her. Oh my god, it was so cute. 
It was. And then she came down to congratulate her. She was watching the match. She was cheering so loudly once her mom won. And if you guys if you guys take a look at Serena Williams' Instagram, there were so many videos of them dancing together and, like, twitting in the same outfits, and it's really cute. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll give you a little hint for my next one. Um, it's going to be a WTA player, and it's someone who's been having a, a pretty good ba- past couple of weeks. Quote, I think I have swagger all the time, you know. <laughs> um, is it Sloane Stevens? No. I'll give you another guess, though. Um, I think I have swagger all the time. Um, I don't... This is WTA, a- right? Yeah, this is after the reporter asked, um, it seems like you're finally getting your swagger back after a, a year or so. After a year, um, it's a WTA so, player we've been talking a lot about on the podcast who's been doing pretty well. Is it Kennan? No, Azarenka. Oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a new segment we've introduced this episode. We hope you guys liked it. Let us know if you did, because I personally uh, really like taking a look at some of the funny things players are saying in their in their interviews. All right, let's move on to tennis talk, Josephino. I mean, the past few couple of days with round of three action has been action-packed um, on both the men's and the women's side. We got we saw some great three-setters and five-set matches. Um, so what do you say we dive into the WTA ones? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so possibly the one that people were glued to their um, couches in front of their TV for was the Osaka match um, that happened yesterday. So she played a thrilling three-setter against the Ukrainian teenager Marta Kostyuk. And I, after watching Kostyuk play, she's definitely someone who we should be watching as she, you know, works her way up the rankings because this teenager really has some potential. The score was 6-3, 6-7, 6-2. We talked about it in our intro, actually, with how she threw her racket after losing that second set tiebreak. And I know, Josephina, you're going to talk about this, or we're talking about this earlier with me, but she faces Contivate next, which is going to be a pretty close match given their last meeting at the Western and Southern Open. Yeah, I agree with that because, you know, since they've already played, there's already some rivalry there, so that just adds more fuel and passion to that match that's coming up. Yeah, Another match that might have gone under the radar a bit was Carolina Muhova versus Serana Cristea. 6-3-2-6-7-6, Muhova won. Only after Cristea had match points, though. So Muhova came back from 3-5 in the third set, went to a tiebreak, and then came back from 3-6 in the tiebreak. Yeah, I feel like that's the thing about tennis. They were obviously both playing great, but that's where the mental comes in, where she starts making the comebacks, where she's able to save those match points. And that's really, it gives a good reminder that tennis is such a mental game. It's not all physical. Exactly. And that mental hurdle is actually really going to give her some momentum into her next match, which is, which is against Victoria Azarenka, which is really definitely bound to be an awesome match. And Muhova is also one of those players who you should all be paying attention to. Now, the last match on the WTA side to talk about is the Serena Williams versus Sloane Stephens, 2-6-6-2-6-2 Williams. Um, If you were watching, Sloane was really dominating in that first set, but Serena, doing what she does, came back, 
took the match, and this is the best tennis that we've seen from Serena since the resume of the season. Yeah. The WTA side was looking great in the third round, really producing great matchups. And also, I have to say the same for the ATP side. So one of those matches was Stefanos Tsitsipas, which is the number four seed this year, versus Borna Korik. Tsitsipas was up 5-1 in the fourth set and had match points, but lost to Korik. He had six match points, but lost to Korik in five sets in the fifth set tiebreaker. And that was really just... Wow, because Korik It was like really a Mladenovic moment there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just seeing some patterns at this year's US Open. Tsitsipas actually had something to say about it directly after the match, and I'm glad he took it well because, you know, that is a hard defeat. He said, this is probably the saddest and funniest at the same time thing that has ever happened in my career. So <laughs> I'm glad he's not taking it too harshly because... Wow, that was just, well, that was just unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one thing to note about Tsitsipas is that he, from what I've seen on his social media and in interviews and stuff, he's a really funny, nice guy. It's great that he's handling this loss well. Now, over the quarantine on Instagram, he posted, like, pictures of him holding up cardboard signs with, like, inspirational quotes or, like, jokes on them in public. And one time, he was holding up a sign that had Nick Curios's phone number on it. And he said, text me or call me. And Nick Curios then later posted on his Instagram story, Guys, I'm getting so many calls on my phone. Please stop calling me. I'm begging you. So, clearly, Stephanos has a great sense of humor. Yeah, that's honestly a great prank. But honestly, I feel like moments like those, it's so great to see that the tennis players are actually friends. They're not only rivals on the court. And so Tsitsipas is, no, I mean, Korich is looking to face Jordan Thompson in the next round. And actually, I don't, Jordan Thompson really (laughs) snuck into the draw. Just nobody (laughs) saw him coming. He really crept up in there. The other match that's really it was really a good one, was Vashek Pospisil versus Roberto Bautista Gut. Pospisil came back from two sets to one down, and he was just, he's been killing it lately. I don't know if, like, the PTVA thing is fueling him, <laughs> but, like, wow. Um, they showed a funny clip on ESPN that Pospisil actually likes to <laughs> almost take, like, little swigs of maple syrup while he's sitting down in his uh, in the during the changeovers and you know he's obviously from Canada so um I guess that's great but I mean it seems to be working for him because I guess that maple syrup and PTPA um tornado of news is certainly propelling him through to the second week another great match was Shapovalov versus Fritz I don't know if you've watched this match but it was it was just so good it has all the elements you're looking for in a great tennis match it was really both players, actually, Denis Shapovalov and Fritz, both said that it really came down in the fourth set where Shapovalov really made a comeback and started serving super well. And it was just a really close match, and Denis Shapovalov came out on top, and it really shows that his mental game has gotten stronger over quarantine, which is what he said. He said that he was working on it during the um, during quarantine with a sports psychologist, and I think it's really helping. All right, so looking ahead to the round of 16, let's talk about some under-the-radar players that really do have a shot of making a good run. So on the WTA, uh, I mean, three moms have made it to the round of 16, Peronkova, Serena Williams, and Azarenka, and they're all playing really well. 
Um, but otherwise, the favorites you might be hearing on the WTA side are Osaka, Serena, Sofia Kennan, depending on the result of her match tonight, and even Victoria Azarenka. But in terms of those under-the-radar players, in the top half at least, let's talk about Jennifer Brady. Josefina talked about her last episode. She's She beat Garcia. She's facing Kerber in the round of 16, and I definitely do think that she could take Kerber out. Kerber's not an easy opponent, but I think Brady has the momentum on her side. And... I think Jennifer Brady could definitely make a a good run to make the semis. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Brady, she was playing those types of points in her last match and this one that are ones that I would kind of like watch before playing a tournament match or something or before class just to get hyped up because she was just playing some amazing tennis. Yeah, her she's looking great out there. Another player who I find always goes under the radar in slams is Petra Kvitova. She looks super solid against Pagula, and she might pose danger for Naomi Osaka in a potential quarterfinal matchup. But she is also certainly someone who could pull through in that half of the draw. But if we look to the bottom half, um, I think depending on the result of Jabor's match, she could do well. Um, Karolina Muhova, we talked about her. She's definitely someone. She's facing Azarenka next, and that's a that's a tough one. Um, but also Elise Mertens always goes under the radar in slams and big tournaments, but she's always so rock solid. She took out Katie McNally today, um, but, you know, she is certainly someone who you should uh, not count out yet for making a deep run. Both the WTA and ATP draws are looking so solid this year, which is actually kind of surprising considering the situation, but it's really great to see that tennis is really coming back and coming back strong. So on the ATP side, some of the favorites obviously are Djokovic, Medvedev, and Tiam, who is actually playing right now as we speak, so we can't really say whether he's going to make it or not. So also, definitely something to see on the ATP side is how many young players have made it into the draw. On the top half, we have Shapovalov, who's been, obviously he's already played that five-setter against Fritz, and He's played really good tennis from before then, so he's definitely someone to look out for. And we also have Borna Koric, so he's somebody to look out for because he's playing really well, and he's kind of one of those people that you wouldn't really expect to see here, but here he is, so look out. In the bottom half, we have Felix Auger Eliassime, who's he's playing so well, I cannot even express. And actually, Eliassime, another interesting like kind of fun fact going on right now, is that he's the first player born in the 2000s to make it into the fourth round of the U.S. Open. So I think that's really cool. He's really representing the generation. <laughs> and, of course, we have Francis TFO. Like I said, he's the only American left in the draw. So definitely someone to look out for. He's representing his home court, and he's also playing super well. I mean, yeah, those are some great under-the-radar players, both in the top and bottom half of the draw on the ATP side, and there is definitely some youth power in all in three of those four players. So keep out for those, keep an eye out for those dark horses. But let's talk about our tiebreakers now. This is the segment we do pretty much every episode where we pick a couple of the close matches that we think are some of the most exciting matchups, talk a little bit about them, and um, uh, offer our two cents on who might take the win. First up, we have our ATP singles picks, and mine is Dennis Shapovalov versus David Goffin. 
David Goffin won their past meeting, and Shapovalov is actually coming from a five-setter versus Fritz, and obviously that tires out a player a little, but in a recent press conference, he said he's feeling really good, so that's going to be a good match. For the other ATP tiebreaker, we have Berrettini versus Rublev, which is actually a rematch of last year's round of 16, where Berrettini won. Uh, as you all remember, he had that great run at the U.S. Open to the semis last year. But actually, you know, something Berrettini looked really solid today. Um, so did both of them. But there's actually a Berrettini had used last year the U.S. Open. He went to an Italian restaurant every night in Manhattan. And the owner of the restaurant and Berrettini became really good friends. And he, the owner of that restaurant would have a seat in Berrettini's box. And he would be cheering so, so loudly for him. Obviously, with no fans, he can't be here. But that Berrettini fan, if you've ever been to the USTA facility, there's a park right behind Court 17. And that Berrettini fan went to the park, stood right outside Court 17 with a megaphone, and was cheering so loudly for Berrettini. It was hilarious, but that was really funny. It's nice to see that that guy is cheering Berrettini on, but, you know, regardless, I just think that Berrettini's been so impressive that I think he's going to take the win against Rublev just like last year. Moving on to our WTA singles picks, how about Shravya, you go first. Sure, so my first pick is Azarenka versus Muhova. So, so difficult to pick who's going to win in this one. Muhova has that momentum for her, from her amazing comeback today. Azarenka has momentum from the past few weeks, and she's feeling super confident. Again, she said she's never lost her swagger, and her swagger seems to be stronger than ever on the tennis court. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, predict Azarenka for the win, supporting the moms in the U.S. Open. So um, let's see how that one turns out. My pick for the WTA singles draw is Maria Sakkari versus Serena Williams. And Williams won in the last... No, what am I saying? Sakkari won when they played at the Western (laughs) and Southern Open. And honestly, for this one, I am going to pick Williams for the win. Because, I don't know, Serena Williams has such a strong mental game. She just does not let people beat her twice. But really, we're seeing better tennis from her now, so I think it's no doubt something's going to happen here. All right, it's time for one of our favorite segments, the Tennis Ball Frizz Quiz, the trivia segment we do here on Hold On To Your Racket. I'm going to start with the first question. Francis TFO is the last American man standing in the single straw. Who was the last American U.S. Open singles champion? Was it A. Andy Roddick, B. Pete Sampras, C. Andre Agassi, or D. John McEnroe? Andy Roddick. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Okay, so our second question uh, coming from me is, which child of a U.S. Open champion is a co-owner of a soccer team? A. Leo Federer, Roger Federer's son. B. Tara Djokovic, Novak Djokovic's daughter. C. Jada Lynch, Kim Kleister's daughter. Or D. Olympia Ohanian, Serena Williams's daughter. You're saying that children, like little children, co owner are... of a professional soccer team. How does that even work? Oh my god. Um. I'm gonna go with. Federer's. It's Serena's daughter. <laughs> what? 
So Serena, uh, the, the, her family, or I guess like um, the three of them, are all named as co-owners of a Los Angeles National Women's Soccer League team nicknamed Angel City. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean. So as far as our U.S. Open tennis ball frizz quiz standings goes, standings go, we were tied going into this. Josefina got the question incorrect. I got the question correct. That puts me at a one-point advantage, which is really not that much. Um, so we'll see how it plays out in our next episodes. Thank you so much for joining us, and that is game, set, and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the U.S. Open and more as professional tennis returns. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and will be on Google Podcasts soon. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore tennis pod on Twitter. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravya. That is, if you like this episode. If you didn't like it, please tell your friends my name is Tom and Shravya's name is Bob. See you next time. <laughs>